All right. We got here Zach Colburn, founder of PTBI. I've been following you from a distance and we got very good mutual friend in Ryan Wilson who connected us. What's going on, man? Thanks for coming on. Dude, thanks for having me. I didn't know you've been following me for a distance. That's that's flattering. Yeah, dude. I mean, you're crushing it. Love the stash. Thanks, it's freaking bro. suits you well. It's good stuff. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey because I know like things are really starting to blow up in your world. So I want to hear all about it. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what I'll do is I'll give you a picture of what my life looks like today and a quick, you know, life story to kind of catch you up. So right now, 26 years old, just moved to Vegas with my girlfriend and our, our dog. We have a German shepherd. Um, and we've been running this business for about three years now as a COVID business. And it recently just blew up and it, we have no, like, there's no stopping anytime soon. So we just did 1.3 last year. We're doing about 200K a month consistently in 2023 so far. So the goal for this year is to clear 3 million. And, you know, that's where we're at. We work with personal trainers. We help them get started. The reason why I started this business was because I was a personal trainer, but not only was I a personal trainer, but I was a personal trainer looking to be successful. And I just found that in the fitness industry as a personal trainer, there's really no vehicle for you to build, you know, or for you to make a million bucks or for you to be super successful because, you know, when you're going into the gym ecosystem, you're pretty much at the bottom rung. And, you know, I didn't go to college. I dropped out of college. Not that I didn't go. I said I didn't want to go. And there really wasn't a vehicle for me to build success. And so I realized that if I wanted to be successful, I needed to do it on my own. I couldn't do it with a nine to five. I wasn't going to do it in the gym industry. And so I started an online coaching business re- like out of high school. Struggled for a long time to get that off the ground because back then it was around 20, 2014. And online mentorship wasn't really as popular as it is now. I actually never even heard of online mentorship until 2018. Back then, if you wanted to be successful in the fitness industry, you had to have a million followers and you had to have brand deals. Those are the people who were crushing it. And so it was really just trial and error of me trying to figure it out. And then it really clicked for me when I hired my first mentor in 2018, paid him 2,500 bucks. And I'm not kidding you, within 45 days, I made my first 10K month and my life changed from there. At that point, I'm like, you know, I, I felt like I made it. And so I started teaching other people how to do the same because for me, that was, it unlocked so much freedom in myself and so much belief in myself and so much confidence in myself that I was like, everybody needs to feel this and everybody needs to experience this. So we started PTBI. It was really just me in my bedroom during COVID, helping out personal trainers with one-on-one calls, understanding what they need, turning those conversations into lessons, packaging that into a course, and then scaling it from there. So that's a long story short, but you know, happy to dive into any questions you got. Mm, I love that. Thanks for sharing, man. So I want to go back to when you first got started in the online coaching space. It's a tough transition, especially, and you did it prior to like everyone knows about it now. But what are some things that you had to learn about yourself and that you really had to, the, the growth curve that you had to go through getting into business for yourself? Cause I know personal training is like, you're good at what you do. You're working out, you're helping people out. But then the business side, what were some things that you had to learn or unlearn to really get you to where you are now? Yeah. So I call it, I called it self university. This was back in right out of high school, 2014. I decided that I wasn't going to go to college, but my parents were like, you have to go to community college. Otherwise we're not going to support you. So. What it, what ended up what I ended up doing is is two years right out of high school, I studied everything I could about fitness on YouTube. I studied everything I could about business by reading books, and I flunked all of my classes because you know I really wasn't paying attention at all. So back then, from 2014 to 2018, you know there wasn't really any gurus to listen to online in the online marketing space, and so I was listening to you know 
audiobooks and books of like classics like Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill. And I was trying to take that information and apply it into today's world. And that's where I had a lot of disconnect because I had the mindset for entrepreneurship, but I didn't know how to apply that information directly to my business. So it felt like I was, I was learning a ton and I was, you know, growing, but I really didn't have any success when it came to application. And that's when the online mentorship came out when I finally learned that, Hey, I can actually pay someone who's doing it right now today to learn how to do it from them. That's, you know, where everything really, really clicked. But I think the reason why it clicked was because there was so much process in building the identity beforehand that by the time I, I got the information I needed, I was just able to catch up to where I was mentally. Yeah. So you mentioned identity and that was kind of going into my question. You know, you've experienced massive, massive growth over the last few years. How have you been able to conceptualize that? And this is something might be a selfish question for Antonio and myself. You know, we've experienced a lot of growth as well in our business. And, and I'm always curious to know another young guy that, that, that's involved in, in massive acceleration. How has that impacted you on the personal, you know, side of things on the business side? Obviously we've heard like, how have you been able to conceptualize and compartmentalize all that? Yeah, I think, I think identity is, is the first step to everything, but I think that people try to get results before they build their identity where, when I think it's the other way around. Um, mm. I take a, a surprising amount of time not working and I just daydream a lot. I like, I really, really daydream. When I go for walks, I'm typically listening to music and I'm daydreaming. When I, you know, when I train in the gym, I'm typically listening to music and daydreaming. I don't really, you know, listen to podcasts that much or watch much YouTube because I'm really just visualizing it, it, where I want to be in the future. Like, so right now, you know, we're about to go to the Philippines this week. We're going to be gone for two weeks. We're going to be on an island. And this has been a plan and a vision of mine for the last, you know, six to 12 months. And so when I have time, I'm visualizing, okay, when I'm on the island, who do I want to be at that point? Where do I want to be in life? What do I want to have achieved? And what's that going to feel like an experience? And so I create these checkpoints in my life, you know, six months out, 12 months out. I typically don't do any more than 12 months out. Even 12 months is a lot. It's usually three to six months. And I really think about, okay, where am I going to be? Who do I want to be at this point? What do I want to have accomplished? And I really think about it hard. And then life is just playing catch up to that moment. And now, mm. you know, we're about to go on this trip. And I'm like, I feel like I'm totally content with the progress I've made leading up to this point. And some, sometimes I'm even further along than I even imagined when I imagined it. Wow. Yeah, let's, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into this subject where we're taking a little turn, but I, I love this shit. So tell us a little bit more about what your routine looks like. Cause a lot of people think that in order to be successful in business, especially at a young age, that it's just grind, grind, grind and do it. But really the margin that you create outside of the grind is actually what gets results long-term for a mm -hmm. business that's going to be sustainable. So tell us a little bit more about what your routine looks like when you're not going to the Philippines just on a normal day. Yeah. So I think that in order for me to talk about my routine today, I have to talk about my routine in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 that got me here because it looks very different. So back in 2020, 2021, that, that was when I was working, you know, 12 to 16 hour days. It was insane, nonstop. I had a terrible caffeine addiction. It was, I was, I was not, I was not kidding you. I was drinking pre-workout and three rains a day. It was insane. I would wake up at 6 a.m., work on the business. So I'm working, you know, creating lessons or, you know, filming lectures, things like that. And then from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. was call hour by the hour or creating content or doing some kind of busy work. Because at that, at that time, I was the only one in my business 
So, you know, I was just taking the sales calls, I was taking the coaching calls, I was creating the materials, I was doing all these things. And it wasn't until I started scaling my business and started hiring people to take over those roles that I was able to get my time back. And it was interesting because at a certain point last year, I was able to delegate most of my time to where now what my schedule looks like is I wake up at 6.30, I'm on my phone for 30 minutes in the morning, I get out of bed at 7, I'm out of the shower by 7.20. 7.20, I, I check my computer, which is emails, revenue, KPIs for ads, and you know calls for the day, check in with my team. By 8 o'clock, I'm in the gym. From 8 to 9, I'm training. 9 o'clock, I'm home. And I'm usually free from, say, 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock PST. And what I'm doing during that time is I'm reading, I'm, you know, on call, like just not on calls, but like if my team needs me, if anything comes up, you know, they can reach me or I'm daydreaming or I'm just thinking. And in the beginning, because I was so used to working 16, 12 hour days, I felt extremely guilty by having so much free time. Like, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to be building? Like, I need to be doing something. I, I would get anxious. I get, you know, in a frenzy. I, I'd, you know, I, and then what I would do is I would start doing things that my business didn't need that was ultimately a waste of time and, and didn't really push us forward. But the learning lesson that I, where I learned, I'm like, okay, I need to be in this space is because, you know, for three weeks I was beating myself up and I'm like, okay, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything. You know, what's the purpose of this? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there was one day where, you know, someone was like, hey, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And I went for a walk and I got to think about it and I got to think of the solution. I'm like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. And this is where we're going to be in the next six months. And then it clicked. I'm like, I'm supposed to have free time so I can think about where we're going to be in the next six months and I can plan and strategize what needs to happen in order to get there. So now I'm like, okay, I need to have as much free time as possible. That way I can have the mental space to think and you know, now I just have leverage because if I need something done, I can have one of my team members do it for me. But my time is is valued in having as much free time as possible. So that way I can visualize and think and, and strategize the growth of the business. Dude, oh, sorry, go ahead. Lance. I was going to say, you mentioned team a, a couple of times, right? So one thing that we're, I know Antonio and I are super curious about as well as our, our, our audience, a, a lot of young entrepreneurs, right? How did you go about building your team? What did that look like? What did that trial and error process look like? And, and what does your team look like today? Yeah. So today we have a team of, I think it's 15 or 17. It's one of the two. And it really just came down to hiring one person, putting them in place. It, because, you know, I had, this was my first time building a team as well. I had a, a fitness coaching business where I had, you know, assistant coaches and VAs doing lead gen, but you know, this is a totally different business. And so I was really learning as I was going. So my first employee that I hired was back in 2021. It was a virtual assistant from the Philippines to help me with, you know, outbound marketing. He's still with us today and he's actually grown with our company. He's helped us hire two more virtual assistants from the Philippines. And this is actually why I'm going to the Philippines this weekend is to actually go meet them, party with them. Uh, I got, we got a, we got like a resort on an island. They're going to come stay with us. We're going to, we're going to party. So those are our first three employees. They helped us with outbound. Then from there, it was like, okay, I'm taking way too many success calls. We need someone to help our clients see success and, and give them full attention. And our first success coach actually came to us. She said, like, Hey, I want to be a part of this. How can I help? And I said, Hey, I actually need this role. You know, you'd be perfect for it. Let's put you in. And then Ryan Wilson, again, we had one closer before Ryan and he was, he was a great fit. He reached out to me, but then Ryan Wilson was a person who really changed our, our sales process. And so he reached out to me just on a whim. 
I didn't know who he was. I think my VA outbound marketed him. And in exchange, he was like, Hey, actually, I'll come close for you. So then we got him on. He absolutely crushed it. And then we learned how to do Facebook ads. And once we learned how to do Facebook ads, that's when all of these problems started, started arising in our business. You know, we were taking too many discovery calls, taking too many sales calls. We need to hire another sales rep. We need to hire, you know, someone to qualify. Okay. We need to hire another person to qualify. Okay. We need to hire a third person to qualify. And so it was really just a process of like, where is the bottleneck? Where are we getting stuck? What's the role to unclog that bottleneck and let's fill it? But it really wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to hire you because you're good or I'm going to hire you because I feel like I need, you know, this person. I try to do everything myself as for as long as possible until it doesn't make sense. And then we hire. Yeah. I, I, I think love it, man. Yeah. We, we've gotten really lucky about attracting really good people though. Most of the people that we've hired has been, you know, they've either come to us or they are internal. We've, yeah. So we, we've gotten lucky there. I say it all the time, just to your point. It's like, if you want to win, put get get Ryan involved. <laughs> now, th- this is the one thing that I really want to drive home to a lot of people because massive distinction and the reason why I had texted Ryan to introduce me to you because from following you, I realized that you were growing a real business. It's not often that you see 26-year-olds posted all over the internet that are really you know, crushing it, but also saying something different than your traditional bullshit guys that are just good marketers that are getting people to the table, making some short-term cash. And everything that you had just said really shows how big leadership is for you, right? The fact that you're actually not just outsourcing to the Philippines and just saying, hey, I'm going to pay these guys a couple bucks. You're flying out there to go meet these people, Mm -hmm. right? I I learned that actually from Iman Ghazi. He and I, we had cigars in Miami and he was telling us about how much he reinvests back into his team, how he was flying out to go to his VA's wedding. So it's like real relationships, real business. How are you able to level up your leadership and be the style of person that you need to be to, in order to lead this type of team? Dude, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, it's, it's really intuitive. I think I just really care about people. And it, it was a couple, a couple significant lessons that I learned in my life. One of them was from my mom. When I was a little kid, I was really shy and, you know, I can still kind of be shy at some, some points, but you know, when you're on a playground or it's the first day of school, and your mom takes you to school and you know, you're in first grade. And so you're clinging by her side because you're scared of all, all the kids. My mom would look, look around at the kids and she's older and she can obviously pinpoint, you know, who, who's the cool kids and who's the not so cool kids. She would always point out the not so cool kids and say, Hey, you need to play with that boy. You need to be nice to that boy because she was telling me that like, you know, those, they, he needs attention, right? He needs, he needs support. And so in school, I was always, you know, I never invited them to my house or hanged out, but I always made sure that I said hi to everybody. No matter who it was, I always made sure that I was nice to everybody, no matter who it was. I always made sure that I paid attention and listened to every single person in class. And so I think that was instilled with me at a a young age. Just be nice. Make sure everybody feels like they're heard, feels like they are getting attention. And then the other thing was when I started working, you know, my first couple of jobs, when I was, you know, bussing tables and when I was working at a yoga shop, the way that I would get treated by my boss, I'm like, this, this is, not the right way to treat people. It's not how I want to be treated. And so when I became a boss, it was really easy for me to intuitively support my team, give them attention, give them praise, tell them that they're doing a good job. You know, it's so simple to just say like, dude, good job. Every single time my sales team gets a close, I make sure to personally tell them and say, good work. I don't take it for granted, right? I feel like most people, you know, their sales team is bringing in deals. You know, like, yeah, that's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. But I really make sure like, dude, good job. Like that was awesome. So 
I would say those two lessons is, is just instilled with me is just respecting people on like a humanitarian level and then also giving people praise because that's how I would want to be treated as an employee is to make sure that I was actually being recognized, even if it's the smallest, smallest thing. Yeah. And to summarize, just, just be a good person, man. That, that's awesome. So let, let's, let's switch it up a little bit and let's talk vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, PTBI, you said you want to do about 3 million this year. That's going to continue to grow. That's awesome. Seems like it's, you gained a lot of leverage back. You got some time margin to do other things. What is it that Zach wants? So I want to take this company to 10 million purely because I know we can do it. And I'm the type of person to where if I see someone like Iman, for example, I follow Iman, haven't got to meet him. You know, hopefully one day I will, but I he's saw, awesome. Yeah. Great dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love, yeah, I love all this stuff. I've been following him for a couple of years now. And I remember in, I think it was 2021 or 2022, he mentioned that his net worth was 15 million. And so I'm like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. And then I think he met, he put up on his story the other day and I, I just had this vision of like, okay, 15 million. What does that look like? How's it feel? Okay. By, by the time I'm 30, which is four years, I think I could do it, et cetera. And then I think he put up a story the other day and he said his net worth was 50 million. And I think, all right, he just raised the bar. Now I got to fucking do that too. My thing is, is like, if I see someone doing it and I don't think I'm any different from that person, then that sets the standards for myself. And I purely want to do it because I, I want to be that inspiration for other people. I want to show people that like, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. So my vision on a personal level is I want to take our company to 10 million within the next two years. I think we can do it 2024, 2025. I want to take my personal net worth to over 30 million that I don't have a timeline on. That could be, you know, 10, 15 years, but I also really want to spend more time with my family because as I get older, I realize how precious, you know, your family is. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm in Vegas. My parents are in California. My brother's in San Diego. I'm going to have to be like when my parents retire, they get older. Like I want to be able to support and take care of them. And so I'm working hard now so I can give back later. And then I also want to have kids. I want to, you know, raise kids the way I want it to be raised. So that's something I think about, you know, on a daily basis as well. And then also, dude, I want to party. I want to have fun. I want to show people that like you can be successful. You can, you know, be efficient. And you could party and have fun at the same time. So yeah, the, the Philippines, you know, I'm expecting, we're expecting to hit a record month this month and I'm going to be partying on an island with my team at the same time. So I want to show people that like you can do both. You can have fun, you can party and you can, you know, have values at the same time. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about that with all the, 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 the growth you're experiencing personally, professionally, all the above. How do you, how do you navigate still taking care of your body? Right. How do you navigate still, you know, kind of practicing what you're building and preaching, so to speak, and then and then also finding time to to let loose and, and have fun and all that. I think the way that I do it is I'm I'm not I'm not a very spontaneous person. I'm a very planned person. And so I like to party when I have time to prepare for it. So like Philippines, for example, we've been preparing for this, you know, for a year. We were supposed to go, but then COVID shutdowns kind of screwed everything up. And then we were going to go last year. Then my girlfriend had a competition. And so, you know, we couldn't go. And so we've been prepping for this for some time. You know, April, my birthday is at the end of April. And so, you know, Ryan's going to fly out. My sales team's going to fly out. A lot of our students are going to fly out. We're going to party at our place. We're going to get a, a, ta- a table at a nightclub, party bus. We're just going to do the whole Vegas experience, but bring our students out and have, you know, experience with that. And so I can go hard that, that weekend because I have a full month to prepare for it. I'm like, okay, I have this date that I'm getting ready for. 
all the weeks leading up to it, I'm going to be on my shit. I'm going to sleep good. I'm going to get my work done. I'm going to go crazy that day. And then it's back to the grind. And then, you know, in May, I'm planning to go to Columbia with Anthony and then another one of our rep and then a few other friends as well. That's at the very end of May. So that gives me another checkpoint to work towards. So if someone invites me out, hey, let's go out this weekend. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go because I have this other thing that I'm looking forward to. And that's kind of how I balance the two. Yeah. So you'll go cold turkey until that event, essentially. And then I'll go hard. I love it. Uh, yeah, I got it. Makes sense. How so? As far as like content mentors, what, what what kind of content are you absorbing? Are you reading any any literature, any books? Do you have mentors in your life? Like who are you following? What what kind of content are you absorbing? Yeah. So the first mentor I ever hired who radically changed my life, his name is Ross Johnson. He has a company called Smart Coach. I invested in him a couple years ago. But more than what I got out of this course in mentorship was that he allowed me to spend time in proximity with him. And that really, that really changed everything. He, he let me sleep on his couch. He let me drive up on the weekends and just follow him around for a full day. He let me just ask him questions and I would just observe the way he thought, the way his belief system was. And that changed a lot for me. And going through that experience, I was able to really learn how to extract more from people rather than just YouTube videos and, and course videos. The other person I learned a lot from was Ravi Abhavala. I invested into his mastermind last year. And over the course of that year, you know, I showed up to every single call, consumed all his content. And then I was able to show up. I will, I showed up to all of his in-person events. And then he even personally invited me out to Miami to spend some time with him on a one-on-one scale. So that was a big influence of mine. And then as far as literature goes, I'm really, it's really just depends on what I'm like looking to learn at that moment. I don't have anything like any go-to. I really don't like podcasts. I don't like YouTube videos. I like reading books. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to learn the most relevant information through a book, right? Because it takes a long time to write a book. And so I like reading classics. Right now, I just finished the book Sapiens and I'm reading Homo Deus which is good because it gives me a full understanding of like where we came from as humans and where we're going in the future. And it kind of puts things in perspective with all the shit that's going on in the world right now. Everybody's saying, oh, you know, the US is losing world power. Like I'm able to just look at that and be like, and remain objective and be like, you know, it's all fucking, it's just a speck, right? So yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going through right now. Yeah, dude, that's something I struggle with all the time. Like, it's it's a beautiful thing, but a, a tough thing for me to conceptualize at the same time. That the one, the fact that I'm going to die, and two, the fact that we don't really mean anything in the grand scheme of it, right? We are just a speck. But at the same time, it's pretty awesome that we're just a speck because then you could just like, why do you care what other people think if you're just like, just live it up, man? And I love how you talked about the parting. It's something that I need to hear a little bit more because. I'm so rigid sometimes, man. And, and I think that I, I don't give myself enough grace for the, the work that I do put in. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that because that level of discipline and not going around those boundaries and creating those boundaries is like, okay, these are the days that I'm going to do it. That allows you the freedom to not feel guilty when you do go mm-hmm. indulge in that stuff. So that, that's amazing, man. What, what are some other things that you want to make sure our listeners take away as we start to wrap this thing up? Hmm. I know. Sorry to put you on the spot. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great question. I I think, I mean, going along with that message that like saying like you can do both, you know, work and the grind is seasonal. It's really hard to find what's called balance. I think that Leila Hermosi talks about this really well is that like balance is a myth. What, what, what balance really is, is that you just go through seasons of life where you're on the extreme ends of the spectrum. It's like fitness and bodybuilding. So that's, that's kind of like my background in fitness is like you go through seasons where, you know, one year you're putting on size and, you know, you might be 
not as ripped and shredded as you know you normally are, and then the other year you are super lean and jacked and you know shredded, and you're kind of balancing between this oscillation between those two points and balance where you're going to make progress is not trying to be in the middle of being shredded and you know bulked up at the same time, but going through seasons and allowing you to kind of oscillate on that spectrum. It's the same exact thing with business and also living your life as well. You know, you're going to maybe have six months or a year where you're really focused on building the business. And then you're going to have, you know, six months to a year where you're able to buy that time back. I have a friend of mine who's in Miami. He's a lawyer. He just graduated from law school and, you know, he decided instead of working for a firm, he's going to build his business. And, you know, he's, he's doing pretty well. He's making about 10 to 20 K out of law school. I think he's 25 or 26 as well. But right now he's doing a really great job because I invite him out. I'm saying, Hey, we're going to party this weekend or Hey, you know, we have this event in April. And he's like, Hey man, I can't do that right now just because my business is, it needs me and I need to be home. And I'm like, I totally understand because I know in two years you'll have the freedom to do anything I invite you to. So, you know, put, put your head down. And I understand he's in that season of life. And so, you know, you can have both. It's just not going to be it all right now. Yeah. It's that beautiful dichotomy that all entrepreneurs need to hear. It's like, okay, yes, you got to work hard in your business and you got to build out systems and you, you have to stay disciplined, but also you have to realize like you're living your life. Like if you died tomorrow, did you actually enjoy yourself? Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's a lot of where a lot of people struggle too, is they the reason why they have a hard time getting their business off the ground is because they, they can't say no. They, they get FOMO. You know, if, if their mm -hmm. friends invite them out, they feel like that comes first and it holds them back. Yeah. Well said, man. So as we near the, the end here, this is the consistency wins podcast. So we're all about consistency. And I know in order to be successful really anywhere in life, it determined, you know, it requires consistency. What does that word mean to you? I love that word. Honestly, I really do love that word because it's how I've built everything that I have today is consistency. When I was first building the course, we had about three months of lockdown and I didn't try in, in, I didn't try to build the course in one day, right? I had this course mapped out. I'm like, okay, this is what our, our product is going to look like. And I didn't try to do 10, 12 hour days on that course. I would do one to two hours a day, one, one lesson a day, one video a day, one lesson a day, one video a day. And it took me about three months to build the thing, right? Because, you know, I, I didn't, do it all in one go. I feel like a lot of people would try to knock it out within a week, get burnt out, and then never want to touch it again because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Whereas I was like, if I can just get in there, work on it for an hour, I'll make consistent progress. And, you know, within three months it was built. And, you know, we're, we're still using that product to this day. So for me, consistency means taking things in smaller bite chunks, but doing it over a longer period of time. You'll actually get where you want to be faster if you take things slower and more consistent than if you try to go big, make some big moves, go all in and, you know, burn yourself out. Yeah. No, well, well said, well said. How can, how can our listeners follow your journey? How they can, how can they connect with you? How can they stay in touch? Yeah. So my main platform, two Instagrams, number one is Zach Colburn, Z-A-K-K-C-O-L-B-R-N. That is the pro pro uh, platform where you're going to see a lot of our business content, a lot of our marketing, you know, motivation stuff. It's, it's kind of like our, our brand page. And then I have a personal Instagram that's Zach.Colburn. So there's a, a period in between my first and last name, Z-A-K-K dot C-O-L-B-R-N. That's where I'm posting my personal behind the scenes stuff, the stuff I don't share on the business page. So if you want to follow my business page, you can do so. If you want to follow my personal page, you can do so as well. Boom. We'll be sure to link to everything in the description. Zach, thank you so much, man. It's a pleasure connecting. Of course. Thank you for having me.